Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. that, let's get into, we're finishing up our study, believe it or not, finishing Ephesians today after, I know, are are you sad? Nine plus months in Ephesians. Um, But I'll uh, start with this. Years ago, it was, I I think, mid 80s ish. Uh, I was a youth pastor in Southern California, and we used to... um, we hosted a annual summer camp, kind of a regional summer camp for vineyard churches in the area. When we first started, there was like a couple churches that came and then three and then five, and then it grew. But at this time in the mid eighties, I think there was three or four churches, maybe five. Um, And so one of the guys that was working with me, we're planning the camp, preparing everything. And he says, I'll, I'll get the t-shirts. We all, you know, every event you have to have a t-shirt, right? That's a rule. He'll order the t-shirts. So we, we started getting registrations in and it looked like, you know, we were going to have pretty close to 300, maybe a few over uh, 300 kids coming up for this camp. And so my friend orders 500 t-shirts and, and I'm like, dude, why did you get 500 shirts? And he, and he says, well, there was a price break. And I go, okay, so you ordered 150 extra shirts to save a dollar on each one. And he goes, yeah, 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 it's good. And he goes, besides, kids are going to love these. They're awesome. They're going to love them. They'll want to buy an extra one. And I go, oh, okay, cool. So he also designed the shirts. So we've been talking about the armor of God here. The reason I'm telling this story is because our theme for camp that year was fully armored. And uh, the front of the shirt, it said, you know, Vineyard Regional Summer Camp 1985, fully armored. And then there was a picture or a, a drawing of a guy on the shirt wearing the armor of God. It, the dude looked, he looked like a He-Man or Schwarzenegger or somebody, you know, just ripped and buff. And he had the sword and the shield the, and the, and the, uh, the helmet and all that on. But in, in addition to the armor of God, the only thing he was wearing was a Speedo. <laughs> and so the whole shirt, the, the picture, the image was all kind of, uh, you know, skin tone or whatever. The Speedo was turquoise. So here's this dude in a turquoise Speedo on the front of a t-shirt for this summer camp. So uh, registration for camp, kids come in, they file in, we sign them in and there's a table and they get their little packet of info and, you know, and then they get their, their lanyard with their name tag and then they get their t-shirt and I'm sitting there watching kids file through and they're looking at the shirt and just walking by 
they're not taking them. So, so we literally had hundreds of fully armored t-shirts left. So, so, you know, I mean, they're in a box in the closet, like five years later, we're doing a, a sermon evangelism car wash. <laughs> we're out washing cars with fully armored t-shirts. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things I felt like you guys needed to know about. Um, we're going to look at two verses today, three verses, 18, 19, 20, chapter 6 of Ephesians. And as I said, there's a few verses after that where Paul kind of just does some closing things. We're actually going to forgo those so that we can uh, move into a new series next week. Uh, and uh, timing-wise, it worked to, to end this week. Do, I'm, I've got a short series we're going to do on Vineyard Values moving into the holidays. And for the holidays, we have a really fun series planned, but I'm not going to give any more than that away today. So let's go ahead and read the text, and then I'll pray. Keep on keeping on is our title today. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray, 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 pray. Father, uh... I pray that your word would penetrate our hearts today and that would just stir up in us the, the importance and the desire in the heart to communicate with you and to pray, uh, to, to lift up before you those things that we carry with us. Um, so would you just anoint your word this morning and, and really just uh, help us to, to refocus our attention and our hearts on connecting and communicating with you. Your name we pray. Amen. So again, the, the context uh, for all of chapter 6 and really much of the latter part of Ephesians is spiritual warfare. We've been talking about spiritual warfare for a while. Um, you know, I, I, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to realize that the, the world we live in today is very complex. It's a complex place. And there, there are uh, a lot of things happening simultaneously. And uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, I don't know if it's that there's more going on or that there is so much information and news available to us that, there, that we're just hearing more about what's happening. But, it, but either way, we're inundated with information and it's all over the map. There's a lot of good things happening and you see stories and reports. I love every time I see one of those little, I know some of the news stations will do a little, you know, I like uh, what's Steve Hartman on the road. You know what I mean? Just a little nice story. Cause you go, I need some good news today. Uh, so you hear about people helping people and reaching out and taking care of their neighbors and even helping people they don't know and stuff like that. But at the same time as all that's going on, there's a lot of bad news. There's a, a, a lot of negative stuff going on in the world today. There's violence, you know, and then there's, Abusive situations happening, uh, robocalls. Um, <laughs> we've been trying to reach you about your car's warranty. Um, does anybody, am I the only one that gets that? Am I, no, okay. Because my car has a warranty, I don't know. Um, but as the church, you know, the people of God, we have a role in all of that. 
And we, we have, we're supposed to be light in life, right? We have the opportunity to speak into that situation, to speak into the lives of people and really to bring hope and to bring some sense of it all and to help others with that process. That's really um, what we're preparing for. That's the battle that we enter into you know, and to do that, Paul tells us we need the full armor of God. We buckle up the belt of truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We, we, we uh, put on the shoes of peace. We grab the sword, the shield, the helmet. We're all geared up. And then he says, when you're ready, when you're prepared, when you're all set to go into battle, then pray. That, that, that's really how we fight this thing. Largely, uh, not completely, but largely through prayer. I think the exhortation to pray is a fitting conclusion for this section and for the the letter to the Ephesians. Because, you know, usually you remember the last thing you read and, and uh, really, you know, there's a prayer should be at the top of our list of important things to do. You know, we all have our to do list for today. So, uh, prayer should be on the top of the important things I have to do today. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, the reformer lamented that he had only two hours a day to pray. I've only got two hours a day to pray. Uh, I realize, you know, in my own life, this is what causes me to realize that prayer really is important. It's, it's, there's an urgency to it. I think that we don't always get, we don't always really feel the weight or the urgency of prayer, but, but, but I realize it when I, when I cut, when I say, okay, God is God and God can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants, wherever he wants, whenever he wants. And yet he doesn't. He doesn't do that uh, unless we pray. Uh, you know, he, his priority is to involve us in the process. That's the system God has set up. Uh, it doesn't always make sense. Matthew chapter 7, ask, it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. He continues on after that. And he says it's, it's his, his desire to, to give you good things. He wants to do good things for you. Again, there in the, in the Greek, there's an urgency to that. That's like ask, seek, knock, keep going that we, we, it's not communicated in, in the English as well, but it really is God saying, this is, this is important. You got to do this. Look at Ezekiel for a seven, for a second. Uh, Ezekiel 22. The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy, mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. So just keep in mind, (laughs) Ezekiel wrote this. He he prophesied this some 700 years or so-ish before Jesus. So whatever that is now, close to 3,000 years ago, and I read that, that, that little statement of, of what's going on in the world. And I go, that could have been written yesterday. How much has changed in the world in 3,000 years? The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy. They mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. So that's the state of affairs. And then this is God's response. 
I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own heads all they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. God's looking for someone who will pray, someone who will stand in the gap, and he doesn't find anybody. Uh, you know, he said prayer is one of the hardest things to do, and it really is. When I think of sort of our Christian experience, the things that make up our Christian life, you know, like, like worship is great. Everybody loves worship. It's musical. It's fun. It's exciting. You, you feel connected to God. It's, it's, a, it's, it, it's just a blessing to, to be in worship. Uh, you, know, you know, I think fellowship is nice too. You make friends. You meet people. There's potlucks. It's really good. Even, even you know, serving is a good thing. You, most of us, I know for me, sometimes, you know, on Thursdays for our pantry, I'm there and I'm kind of tired. I don't really feel like doing this today, to be honest. But at the end of the day, I always feel fulfilled. I, I always come away from that. Sometimes I don't go into it with the great attitude, but I always come away from it with feeling like I made a difference in somebody's life today. And there's, there's a blessing in that. I, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes it's even easier just to be nice than it is to pray. Um, I, I, I am so thankful for people that have the gift of intercession, for, for people whose hearts are given over to prayer, who spend, uh, you, you know, considerable time in prayer and who I, I know people in our church who, who spend time praying for me and, and praying for us and praying for our community. And, and I'm so thankful because I know how hard that is because of Israel's sin their disobedience, God says, I, 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 I have to respond to this. They wouldn't be in the position they're in if he could have found somebody to pray, but he couldn't. The opposite thing happens in Exodus. In Exodus, God wants, he's going to judge Israel. His, his intention is to, to put judgment on them, but Moses prays and intervenes. And because Moses prays, God doesn't put judgment on them. The point of both passages is that the people of an entire nation hang in the balance and prayer is the difference. It's like my, uh, my old friend Jay Vernon McGee says, God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. That's my best Jay Vernon. Prayer changes things. It really does. I question, why does God do this? Why, why this system? You know, I, I, theologically, it's, it's at times frustrating. I go, okay, God is all wise. God is all good. So he's going to do the right thing. God's not going to make a mistake. God's all powerful, so he can do it. He knows what to do. He can do it. Why doesn't he just do it? Why? Does he wait? Why does he say you have to pray before I'll move? And, and it's, it's really weird because if, if we ask for good things, we know that God's going to do them anyway, right? God's going to do good things. If we pray for bad things, God's not going to do them. If I get really mad at Elsa this week and I go, God, just curse her. 
I wouldn't do that. But God wouldn't do it even if I did. He would override that prayer because it's not his heart to do that. So all of it is, is at times like, why do I have to do this? I would say this prayer is a responsibility and it's an opportunity. We have a responsibility to pray and we have an opportunity to make a difference in what's happening around us as we go before God and partner with him in what he wants to do. Take a step back. Look at kind of the, the bigger picture for a second. Okay. Why are we here? Why are we here? According to Genesis chapter one, we're here to glorify God and to take care of stuff. God created the world. And he said, okay, here you go. Worship me, glorify me, and just take care of this for me for a while. It's like God's the owner. This is the world is his, and we're the managers. And so he says, here, I, I want you guys to, to just kind of take care of my, my property for a little while. About, uh, I think it's probably 15 years ago now, my friend Try Robinson, who was at the time, he's retired now, he's tries a cowboy. He just rides around the ranch on his horse all day now. But um, back then he was the pastor of the vineyard in Boise. And Try wrote a book and then began speaking on environmental sustainability and on being good stewards of the earth. You know, and he's kind of a, he was he was sort of a, an early Christian environmentalist. Uh, and, and it was weird because he got a lot of pushback from evangelicals and they were, you know, flaming liberal. And I'm like, he lives in Idaho, you know, uh, you, you can't be that liberal in Idaho. It just doesn't work. Uh, you, you know, there was a disconnect. There was a disconnect, uh, a lack of understanding of, of what we're really supposed to be about. Today, I mean, 15 years, 20 years later, there's all kinds of Christian organizations that are focused on sustainability, focused on caring for the environment. We've made a connection between that and caring for people. It's all part of the same deal. So we're given by God the responsibility to care for the planet, to care for people, care for one another, care, care for creation. The context of that is spiritual warfare. Satan has disrupted that process. He comes in, he, he, he tries to uh, change things. He, he's the God of this age, the Lord of the world. He rules with a very different agenda. He wants to disrupt that whole process. All of that began in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. From then till now, Satan has taken over, tried to disrupt the process of God's people caring for the world. As the church, the people of God, that's what we're supposed to be about, is taking that back. Resuming the authority God's given us, the responsibility God's given us, and taking the opportunity God's given us to, to care for people, to care for the environment, to care for others, and realize that's all part of who we are. Uh, th that's all part of the same thing. Okay, you're going, yeah, 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 that's great. What does any of that have to do with prayer? Just wait for it. Next verse. Do you not know? This is just our responsibility. Do you not know that the Lord's, it's the Lord's people, Christians, you and I, who will judge the world. Go ahead and go one more. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. We, we will reign with God on earth and okay, 
will reign with God eternally. That's not a short-term thing. It's, it's eternal. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where the whole cloud and harp thing kind of came from. This idea that we die, we go to heaven, we float around on a cloud listening to Enya and eating grapes all day. That, 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 that's ridiculous. God, God has a vision of a new heaven and a new earth, a renewed planet that works the way that he intended it to work. Uh, no, no pollution, no corruption, no violence, no injustice, no prejudice, no hatred. And us, you and me, compassionately, caringly, lovingly ruling over it. Go to the next verse. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. We stick with God. We, we endure with him. And God says, because of that, I will give you dominion over the whole thing, the whole enchilada. Go one more. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. And one more, Revelation 5 you made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. God's heart is for a people, the church that will share with him in his purpose, his joy in, in caring for creation in the way that he wants it to be. That will exemplify love in the midst of that. We don't, we don't disrupt and corrupt one another. We love one another. The reality is currently it's not working that way. That's not happening right now. The enemy is controlling so much of what's happening in the world around us. God doesn't want us to just be robots. He, he wants us to think and to have free will and to say, you know what, God, I, I want in my heart to be a part of what you're doing in the world. I want to help you to, to make things different, to make a difference that, that we, we can, we can speak life or death. We can speak blessing or cursing. We, we, we can make a difference in the hearts and lives of people every day. This is my newest book. I just, I haven't read this yet, so I cannot recommend it to you based on what it actually says. I will recommend it to you on the author. Uh, John Pavlovitz is a guy I like to read. I, I read his blog and I've read one of his other books and I'll also recommend it to you on the title. The title of John's new book is if God is love, don't be a jerk. And I just love that. I think that's, I, you know, sometimes I, I was reminded again today, we, we don't know what somebody else is going through at any given moment. And so maybe, maybe, you know, the, the checkout person or the person in line in front of you at the grocery store, whoever, whatever, a little cranky, a little whatever, you know, it's easy to kind of get frustrated with them. But then I, I stop and take a step back and go, I don't have any idea what's going on in that person's life. So I want to have grace for them. I want to, I want to give them some space to, to go through what they're going through without making it worse. So here's the point of all that. That everything that's true on this level, on the physical level, is also true on the spiritual level. And the reality is that as much of a difference as we can make in one another's life by the simple things that we do day in and day out, we can also make a difference in one another's lives by praying. I, I would say 
we have a greater opportunity to make a difference as we remember to pray for one another and to pray for the things that are going on around us. I, I have even at times, you know, I see those a report on the news of some situation and I'll, I'll just stop and just say, God, help that person. I don't know them. I don't know who they are, but just be with them. Be with them in the midst of that. And I have to say that believing in my heart that that actually is going to make a difference. I don't know them. I can't see them. They're somewhere else, not connected to me physically, but spiritually, I have to believe that I can make a difference. And that, that's why there's an urgency to pray. That's why Paul says, pray, 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 pray for me, pray for the situation, pray for the church, pray for this guy, pray, pray, pray. God enters into a covenant with us and, and the, the, the covenant has conditions to it. He, he wants us to reflect his image. He wants us to be uh, his representatives in the, in the world around us. Uh, God's not a puppet. He doesn't want us to be puppets. That, that's not the point. The point is he's given us authority in prayer. He's given us authority not only in this realm, but in the spiritual realm as well. We, we have the opportunity to agree with God to say, yes, I want what you want. I want to be a part of that. And, and God is very, very serious on this issue. If, if we pray, things happen. If we don't pray, things won't happen. The more we pray, the more things will happen. And, and it, it, it's, it's hard to fathom all that, but it's like, I mean, there's no great illustration, but you know, like on a, a business check, you have to have two signatures, right? So one guy can't embezzle all the money. So God's saying it's a, it's a two checks. It's a two signature system. I want you to be involved to make this happen. Or the same thing when you go to the bank with your, um, what do you call that thing? Safe deposit box. <laughs> Senior moment. <laughs> Two keys. You have to have two keys, right? You can't go and get your stuff without the bank manager, but the bank manager can't take your stuff without you there. It's a, it's a two-party system. That's, that's how prayer works. God's saying, I, I've chosen to make it this way, to, to, to involve you in the process. That's what I want to do. It's not us saying, God, I want you to do something, you know, that's completely outside of what God wants. It's us agreeing with God and saying, hey, let's work together on this. Let's, you know, you know God, I, I understand what your purpose is. And now I want to be a part of that. Matthew 16. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, incredible authority, incredible responsibility, and incredible opportunity. We are motivated by the desire to see God's promises happen in the lives of people around us. Uh, and we understand it's contingent on prayer. If I, if I pray for this, there's a better chance that it'll happen than if, if I don't. You knew this would happen sooner or later. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If then, if you pray, I'll move. That's just the way God has set it up. One more. 
Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great unsearchable things you do not know. I was struck by that verse this week that God wants to do more than we want him to do. We feel like, God, I wanna, I'm going to ask something big. That's a big ask. I, 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 I want you to heal this person or, or turn this person's heart or change this relationship, whatever it is. And we think, oh man, we're asking a huge thing of God. And God says, you have no idea. I want to do so much more than you can even think about. It's powerful. It's powerful to consider that we have that sort of opportunity before us. So it just to wrap up and um, I don't know, Cindy, are you going to come up? Uh you know, it's complex. As I said in the beginning, the world around us is complex. Prayer is also complex. Prayer is not a simple thing. It's a, it's a complex thing. There's stipulations and there's contingencies and there's, there's conditions. You know, the Gospel of Mark talks about forgiveness. If we have unforgiveness in our heart, that hinders our prayer. Gospel of John talks about abiding. We have to be connected to Jesus. If we disconnect with Jesus, that minimizes the effect of our prayers. But at the end of the day, here's the reality more will happen if I pray than if I don't. It's just that simple. More, more will happen in the world around us if we pray than, than if we don't. I want to just, again, I think that Daphne went over some of this at the beginning, but go ahead and get one more slide. So here, there's a few things. If you have prayer requests, you can send them in to us. We have a team of folks who, who will are on call 24-7 to pray for, well, they're on call 24-7. I, I, the prayer request goes to me, and then I have to send it out to him. So if, if I don't get it out to him right away, it could be delayed. But if you send a prayer request to prayercascadevineyard.org, our team will pray for you. And, and we, lo- they, we love to pray. Every now and then, if we haven't had a prayer request in a while, somebody will text me and say, hey, you got any prayer requests? <laughs> Just hanging around looking for stuff to pray about. Um, we did mention prayer every Tuesday morning here. That room right there, 7 o'clock for one hour. And again, you can show up late, leave early, whatever. There's a few of us that are faithfully there every week, but we would love to have you. If you, if you could just visit once, once a month, whenever, drop in and join us for prayer. And again, it's very informal. We pray for whatever's on the table that day. We don't have a set agenda that we pray about. Sometimes we just pray for one another. Sometimes we pray for the church. Sometimes we pray for stuff going on in the world. It just, it's just whatever's of the moment. And then this has been a little off kilter as of late because of COVID and the whole mask thing and all that. But typically there's opportunity for prayer here every week. If you need prayer, my encouragement is always don't leave without getting prayer. If you want somebody to pray for you, either get with somebody you came with or somebody that you feel comfortable with, or, or just come see me or whatever. We'll find somebody to pray with you. But, but don't, don't go away without getting prayer if you want prayer, okay? All right, let's stand. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org slash give. We'll see you next week.